0: Welcome to the CBIA BizCast powered by Google. On this podcast, we dive into stories about Connecticut businesses. Downs construction actually came to my school. And business leaders. I think it's always also really important to be able to see a path forward. We're shaping the future of Connecticut's economy. Thanks for joining us. I'm Amanda Marlowe, and this week we are joined here by Michael D. Donato. Development Manager at Yukon Innovation Partnership Building. Thank you for having me. Welcome so much. welcome to the podcast today. Glad to be here. The Innovation Partnership Building is the cornerstone of the Yukon Tech Park, a center for cutting-edge research, collaboration, and innovation. So tell us a little bit more about the Tech Park um, and what it offers.
1: The Tech Park is a really amazing initiative that the state and the university funded to act as kind of a front door for industry into the services that are available at the university. The Innovation Partnership Building is the first and flagship building of the Tech Park. We hope to expand in the coming years to increase our capabilities. Uh, But it's been a really fun place to meet a bunch of new businesses and help them out with with new technology services.
0: And and really, there's a wide span of services that the Tech park and, and partnership building can help businesses with.
1: Yes, so we have 19 centers, most of which are led by a faculty director, um, headquartered in our, in our building. Um, and they mostly focus on four areas, four pillars, sustainability, defense and materials, cybersecurity, and systems and manufacturing. So across those four pillars, those are our, our specialties, so to speak. But those 19 centers all fall into different uh, connections within those areas of expertise. And given, you know, you think about the state of Connecticut with all the defense industry here, with the growing push for sustainability, the offshore wind stuff coming out of New New London. Um, And then, of course, we're a huge manufacturer, so that makes sense. And cybersecurity is something that's growing um, everywhere. And for us, there's a key connection with a few initiatives in the state as well there.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, as soon as you mentioned those pillars, it lines aligns pretty perfectly, but with what's happening specific to Connecticut, but also kind of on a more broad scale as well. Yeah,
1: and it's not you know it's not exclusively within those. I mean, obviously there's a large bio uh, presence in the state, and we touch companies from all different walks of life, so to speak. But those are our focus points. Most innovation parks, if you look across the country, have some sort of specialty. Um, there's a, a very impressive one out of Wichita. It's called the Innovation Campus, and their focus is commercial aerospace. So if you're in the commercial aerospace business, you likely have a presence there. And we want to create that same sort of um, draw to companies, especially within sustainability, again, uh, defense slash materials and cybersecurity and systems and manufacturing.
0: And I mean, relatively, you know, you guys are still relatively new. Was it 2017?
1: Yes. So the building opened end of 2017 and the labs moved in and then COVID joined us. (laughs) So things slowed down a bit. And I would say really, we've been accelerating since COVID kind of whispered away. So I I look at the last year as being a really productive time for us, uh, increasing outreach Really spreading the word, and that's why I'm excited to be here uh, to spread the word because a lot of people don't know what's there and what, how many different services are available to them that could help out their business.
0: And I, you know, you use the model of Wichita, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've kind of been able, they've been able to see really quickly once we take this model, get it out there, everyone knows about it, but everyone's still learning about what's cap- what Connecticut is capable of. Yes,
1: that's totally true. Um, I do feel like we're in a good spot. Um, right now, especially with so much alignment within different state organizations, kind of all seeming to push in the same direction, which is really nice. And I would say the same is true right now within UConn. We have a lot of different, for a long time, silos, and those silos have broken down to a great degree. We've got new leadership. Dr. Redenka Merrick is our president, she is a researcher. Um, she understands the value of industry. And so with all of these pieces coming together, it's like the perfect storm in a good way of getting things done.
0: So we've got a couple pieces coming together. Where did your piece fall in? How long have you been involved?
1: I've only been with the tech park for a year and a half. Um, I joined, I was with industry for 18 years and I was looking for something different. Um, a, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, recommended this spot and it's been so much fun it's been so much fun my industry work was was somewhat a fantastic experience a great industry is such a wonderful way to appreciate pace i would say and coming to yukon i didn't really know what to expect Um, i was a little bit worried about like the ivory tower feel i was a little bit worried about the whether pace of academia would be a hindrance um, when surrounded by industry needs uh, but I haven't found either to be true. I found the faculty are amazingly approachable, um, and we're able to move pretty quickly, which is really great. So that's a little bit about you know how I entered into the game, and hopefully my expertise will help make connections for the university and make a difference for businesses in Connecticut.
0: What's what's your um, you know coming in now? really post pandemic Mm -hmm. at this point what's kind of the next step what are what were some of the challenges that the um that were faced and and how are you kind of helping look beyond that
1: so for challenges i would say that again the biggest one is outreach we have as an example we have a world-class microscopy wing which is you know microscopes looking i look at it kind of being like connecticut's metallurgy lab and it's the best on the East Coast. I mean, this isn't like just a good resource. It's an unbelievable resource. And when people think about UConn or they think about the state of Connecticut, they don't make those associations. Like, oh, where's the best microscopy on the East Coast? I bet you most people wouldn't guess Connecticut. But it's here. And they would think MIT. They would think all of you know, the, the juggernauts of technology university institutions. Um, and that's where we have this great resource, but people need to know about it. Uh, the director of that microscopy wing was commenting that if that wing was at MIT, it would be used 24-7. And it's not being used 24-7, and it should be. And it's here for Connecticut businesses to utilize. And this is one of 19 centers that are looking to interact and collaborate with industry. So your question of you know what is what is the biggest challenge? I would say it's just getting the word out. I'm very confident when we bring industry clients through that they will find something of value within the walls of the tech park and the innovation par- partnership building. Um, and it's just about making people know what's available to them.
0: What are what are some of the other um, you know big technological pieces that that make up the park?
1: So we have. A, Within those, those four pillars, of course, the, the 19 centers each have their own specific core of expertise. Um, 3D metal additive is one. Um, modeling and simulation is another. Uh, for the small businesses side, uh, prototyping is very valuable. Um, and some of these have, a, in addition to having just generally, all the, all the pricing is based off depreciation value of like, equipment, yeah. and as a state university, we're not allowed to make a profit, <laughs> which coming from industry is a little bit challenging for me at first. But I, I get it. It's a different um, business model. It's a different, <laughs> it's a different business model. It's like how you know how can we bring in more revenue for the for the university? It's like no, no, that's not what this is about. Um, so so a lot of these these centers have uh, programs within the state to help subsidize some of those those costs, which are already pretty affordable too. So for a small business, um, having access to metallurgy equipment, I think, is a huge value. Having access to Um, simulation modeling tools to help them design better products or or identify and solve manufacturing problems. And having prototyping capabilities um, for 3D printing, um, laser cutting, that sort of thing. Where again, tools that the typical small business won't necessarily have in their shop, but considering if we can get them to consider the resources at university to be an extension of their resources, it becomes really obvious. If you can imagine having, you know, uh, all the three D printers you could desire in your in your shop, you'd use them. And so, if we can get meet engineers and get them familiar with what's available, then hopefully they'll take advantage.
0: So, you know, the park sits right on UConn's campus. Um, businesses, how should they get involved? Like, what, what does it look like?
1: yeah we are at in stores um, we're just north of campus um, far enough away that we avoid some of the parking issues okay. <laughs> which blows my mind that you can have a university that's surrounded by farms that have parking issues but that's a separate that's a separate separate conversation <laughs> um, so we uh, are just slightly off campus um, how does it you know what does it typically look like when we interact with a company um, A lot of it starts off as education, just look to see what's here. Us understanding what the company's needs are, what their capabilities are. Um, I love visiting manufacturing facilities across the state. It's always so fascinating. Um, Meeting and seeing what people are doing. We have such incredible diversity within the state. Uh, So that's always fun. But it gives us an idea of what's happening and what are you doing and where are your, where are the areas that you need help. Uh, Once we get to that point, it's a matter of connecting to faculty. Um, We are a university. Uh, We have students. We've got faculty available in droves um, who are looking to stay relevant with industry problems. Um, They tend to be excited about industry problems. Uh, So we introduce them to an industry who's looking for some help. And then the magic happens, so to speak, where whether it's access to facilities or interaction to solve a complicated problem that a company may not have internal um resources or expertise to solve. that's the gap that we're hoping to fill.
0: And so, kind of beyond that initial conversation, um, then it says, okay, we've got some students that are well versed in in this area that have been, you know using, whether it be the technology or you know just the research, um, and then kind of connecting the two together.
1: yes, and I, I I feel it would be worthwhile to note one of the common um, hurdles that we have to face is intellectual property. And coming from industry, that was a really important thing for me personally. Um, and was al- it's always a fear when people come in for a state university, are you going to own all my intellectual property? And UConn's really pretty good about it. Um, yes, if you ask us to invent cold fusion and we do it, then pro- we'll probably want some piece of the pie. <laughs> uh, but for most interactions, uh, there's no claim to intellectual property at all, which is really nice. Wow. and it keeps it keeps the um the intellectual piece of it with the businesses which is so critical especially for private businesses in the state where yes they have their product but they've got their their own secrets that they need to manage as well, and their own uh, intellectual rights.
0: And in terms of costs for businesses? It's cheap. <laughs> it's crazy
1: cheap. <laughs> um, it blows my mind how affordable it is. Um, I, you know, I shouldn't say that. Every it, every relationship is different. Um, but at least with the use of equipment, yeah, it is really cheap because it's it's based on depreciation value. So it tends to be much cheaper than you have. We have, we have pieces of equipment that are $1.5 million that the cost is 200 bucks an hour. And you think about that, we've got another piece of equipment, it's a 21 million dollar room between the equipment and the infrastructure. And it's 400 dollars an hour for a company to use. So that just gives you a scale of appreciation. So for businesses that need those particular tools, it's such a great resource. When it comes to um, actual research and exploring and pushing the boundaries of what a business is able to achieve, Um, That tends to start involving relationships with students, graduate research, that type of thing. And those are very different depending on the discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's hard to kind of lump it all together. But generally speaking, the return on investment is, is high.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've talked to some, especially for small businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Connecticut's manufacturing um, ecosystem is primarily small businesses. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've talked to some who say, look, we couldn't afford to do this right. if it weren't for this. And now we're able to. Yes. Um, are there any examples of companies that you have worked with you know, anecdotally that you can tell us about?
1: Yeah. A, a handful. So um, one of our great successes, um, initial successes was with Acme Wire. Um, they're in Uh, they make lacrosse masks for example and we were visiting walking through their shop and one of our directors noticed a a welding fixture Um, this is a a polymer welding fixture Um, that they were machining on on a CNC mill and it seemed like the perfect example of something that could be 3d printed we proved it out and now this option is available to them we're not interested in getting into the game of production it's really of, that's for another Connecticut business to take care of. What we'll do is we'll prove to you that this works and maybe we'll guide you. In this case, we identified the right material and we identified a particular printer that could, could print what they needed. And from there, we give it back to the company and say, run with it. Um, we've had some great interactions with Willington Nameplate um, on uh, uh, some small projects. We've recently started talking to the Lee Company about access to um, our metallurgy suite of equipment. It's been wonderful, uh, the number of companies we've touched, but I feel like we're only at the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more, uh, so many more businesses that could be taking advantage.
0: What do you think is the biggest um, like, surprise for businesses when you start talking to them?
1: <laughs> I think the Maybe the accessibility and approachability of what's, what's at UConn. Um, kind of the same feeling that I had coming into UConn of, you know, oh, we're working with the university, what's that going to look like? And the fact that you could have a very candid, friendly conversation with a PhD um, who can solve all your problems is really, it's really nice. <laughs> it's a really good thing. So I consider it a success independent of, you know, if I can connect a business with facilities or research, that's great but if I can connect someone to an expert that can kind of act as like that 911 cell phone number that you can call when you're in trouble in a particular need, whether it's some interesting chemistry of a polymer that a company is trying to, that needs to get resolved or mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, if I can provide a connection that's as successful as anything else.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, in these cases, the companies, you know, know what they're, they're dealing with, they've been dealing with it, and, um, But this is just kind of an outside view, someone that's really focused on one specific aspect of the business or, um, you know, one new piece of technology um, that they're kind of getting this like analysis from.
1: Yes. Yeah. And there's so many different points of entry, too. I think that people that we interact with tend to maybe not recognize that at the onset, where a lot of companies may come in and they're looking at some really complicated thing that they're trying to solve, but your typical small business doesn't have bandwidth for that. Um, not even They may not even have bandwidth to manage um, an external resource working on this problem. I have complete appreciation for the fact that there are fires that have to be put out on a daily basis, so trying to explore some new research pathway isn't always something that a small business can handle. Um, But there are different levels of interaction. We do a lot of senior design projects, which take senior, uh, my colleague describes them almost engineers, (laughs) Um, senior engineering students, uh, putting them towards a task that's kind of like a back burner task, and this is one where they get faculty advisement, yes, there's some interaction, but for the most, generally speaking, the students kind of go, go for it, and they just run with it. It gives the company an opportunity to try out employees, so to speak, try out some engineers, see if they work. A lot of them end up with job offers, which is great.
0: It was funny, you were, that's where I was going to yeah. go next. Um, you know, obviously there's this great opportunity here for the companies, but the number one thing, you know, facing businesses right now, manufacturers included, is workforce. Yes. <laughs> so um, that's, There is some success there. Yeah,
1: I mean, UConn is first and foremost an educational institution. So the students are the top priority. Um, You know, typically UConn UConn provides, boy, the engineering. I wish I knew the numbers off the top of my head. uh, But it's something like 60% of engineers in the state come from UConn, something like that. Um, It's a significant percentage. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And to be able to develop connections with, with students in advance and see how they work is really valuable.
0: And this is, you know, it's not like a summer summer internship. It's, you know, during the school year, they're yes. working with these businesses. Uh,
1: but the advantage is, again, that this because it's aligned with the student, the student year, the job, you know, these projects are completing right as the job, as, as the job markets are opening. Um, which is really nice, and these these are teams that are often of three or four engineers, which is great. They can be cross discipline. Um, it's a great opportunity, and it's, it's you know I think it's ten thousand bucks or and less if you're a nonprofit. So the it's not a big investment either, and so it's a really great um, entry type interaction with UConn to under, begin to understand what's available and the type of product that. The university can provide
0: and besides um, you know a job opportunity, what other benefits are there for the students
1: Oh well I mean a, a huge one is 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 the real real life problems um, I think that we've all heard the concern and this is nice I'm a mechanical engineering um, I got a mechanical engineering degree from WPI and entering into the workforce um, there's there's a kind of a wake-up call, <laughs> because industry work is different than the theoretical work that you're doing in the classroom. In in the classroom, you're doing stuff like heat transfer coefficients, calculate heat transfer coefficients, or doing fluid modeling, whatever it might be, and then you show up at the job site, and they're saying stuff like, you know, spec out this system, spec out a motor, and it's such a simple thing to do, but an uh, engineering student who you know, touches mostly on the theoretical is suddenly faced with a very practical problem. And that's a gap that needs to be closed. We need to get more of our engineering students, students in general, to be exposed to practical type problems so that they can be better prepared to hit the ground running with industry, with real work environments that face real challenges. And so projects like the senior design, senior engineering projects are critical for that because now this is a it's exactly that it's a real-world problem that they have to solve and something that's much more realistic than solving equations in a dynamics class something like that we just did one um, with Asa Abloy that was a huge success okay. the students were working on um, a project that was trying to reduce the amount of carbon in a door product um, and they knocked it out of the park. They came up with solutions. I think it was something like a 15% reduction of carbon. And this is for a product that's manufactured at the level of you know, tens of millions. And that's such a great experience. One, you're putting to use your, the stuff that you've learned into something that's practical. You're helping a company out and you're making a difference on a, you know, a major sustainability issue for a Connecticut manufacturer.
0: Yeah, and the students went on to, um, you know, enter that project. Um into like a competition yeah, too, yeah, and they did
1: really well. They've seen that they
0: they're getting a lot of success, not only from helping the business, um, who's very much promoted yes. that UConn students were a part of this, but also um, you know standing out for themselves. Yeah, as they
1: well. won some accolades. Yeah, <laughs> well deserved accolades.
0: Very much so, very much so. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys have also been involved um, on a number of projects that are really going to help move the state forward. Can you tell me a little bit about quantum?
1: Quantum Connecticut is a statewide initiative that is seeking to expand Connecticut's role in quantum technologies. So this is a big grant uh, that we are seeking from the National Science Foundation. We received a provisional grant, we being a collaboration between UConn and Yale. We've been working with them, and uh, it's such a great collaboration. They have incredible expertise. They've got the, on quantum technologies, they have the Yale Quantum Institute, and UConn, as I've mentioned, has incredible microscopy capabilities. And this, the union of our two universities for this, um, seeking this grant is just phenomenal for our state. So it's for a regional development engine, which, what does that mean? What does quantum mean? It's all big question marks. Um, What we're hoping to do is create like the Silicon Valley of quantum technologies here in Connecticut. And quantum technologies is basically technologies of the very small. People may have heard of quantum computers, um, they may have heard of quantum sensing. Uh, It's probably better to think of them as totally different, totally new economic opportunities. Thinking about like, imagine if in 1960 you could make the decision to invest in computers. That would be a really smart thing to do. Well, quantum is like the next version of that. And it's going to affect everybody in some way or another. It's not just going to be the physicists and the really high elites. It's going to be blue collar. It's going to be electricians will need to know how to work on a quantum system. Plumbers will have to understand how to work on a quantum system. Companies are going to have to explore new avenues of doing business. And we're hoping to work together to help Connecticut prepare itself for this coming change of technology. Uh, It involves municipalities, involves a lot of organizations in the state that we've already discussed. The CBIA is involved. Um, And hopefully we can all work together to push this initiative. One um, One of the NSF folks was describing it as It's a success if like the seven-year-olds in the state know it's happening. (laughs) So if we can make it so that the kids of the state know that there is something called quantum and it's going to be big and it's going to be impactful and, hey, maybe it's something I want to learn more about. So as I go to high school and graduate, maybe it's something that will make an impact for me. If we can do that, then we'll be in a really good spot. We have two years uh, to generate a proposal to the NSF. Um, and if we succeed, we'll be receiving $160 million, which is a substantial sum. Uh, and it's only one small piece of a really big puzzle that we hope to, to build.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's just the, the launching pad point, right? Yeah.
1: This is, this will be a 10 plus year adventure of trying to prepare society and Connecticut Mm -hmm. for this change. Uh, and then hopefully it'll draw more businesses to the state, draw more interest to the state, just as Silicon Valley did to Silicon Valley. Maybe we can do the same thing here for Quantum, uh, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. I'm the program manager for UConn, um, and, but there are so many people involved across the state, so I, would, I guess I would offer out to the listening folks that if they think that there might be a role that they could play, I'd be really interested to talk to them because there very well may be.
0: And so in terms of, um, you know, getting the word out there, obviously, you're working with CBIA. Um, Who else, you know, have you guys partnered with? Paul Lavoie?
1: Yes. Um, And this is where, you know, I I commented earlier on how I felt like the state was moving together really well. Um, We've developed some really strong relationships. Um, One was with Paul Lavoie, which makes total sense. Um, He's wonderful. Um, He, we regularly have Connecticut, Connecticut manufacturers meetups at the Innovation Partnership Building, introducing business leaders to what's available to them. Um, We've had some growing relationships with Advanced CT, uh, trying to attract international companies to come to Connecticut because of these amazing resources that are here. Um, Also, CONSTEP, um, CCAT, we have a, a growing relationship with them. And all of us together, I feel, are, you know, bigger than the sum of our parts. You know, you take one plus one plus one and you get four. And that's where this collaboration feeling within Connecticut has been so awesome.
0: You really want to get to the point where you have to start saying, no, no. We <laughs> <do> you-
1: <laughs> we're we not there yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but you know, that's where you, you'd yes. like to get to, yeah. right? Where, um, you know, so many businesses are seeing the resources and using the resources that right. it's, it's, you know, so much.
1: Yeah, and we, you know, right now we're still in, our, in an expansion phase. For, our, for the innovation, for the tech park. Um, we're hoping to add more buildings to the mix, we want our next one to be focused on having um, industry tenants who are looking to have immediate, you know, on-site access to all of this equipment and, and faculty expertise and student a student pipeline, attract them to come and, and, and have a presence within the tech park. Um, that's our next step and we'll continue to grow our expertise as well. Yukon is really big. <laughs> it's really big, and it blows my mind how big it is. When we, we'll bring companies in, and we had a company come in whose expertise was in um, wire and insulation, and I was talking to my boss and saying, who, who are the faculty that we should invite? He said, oh, Invite Dr. Chow, he's an expert on wire insulation. was like, well, of course we have an expert on this niche area. And it feels like that with every industry that we bring in, is that there's someone on campus who specializes in that exactly. And that's a really cool thing.
0: And, you know, coming from where you did RPI, right?
1: So um, I, I went to WPI. Oh, WPI, um, I, got, Sorry. I have an MBA from RPI in Hartford. Okay. Um, yeah, so yes. The, the PIs.
0: Yes, the PIs. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just, what, is there anything that surprised you about kind of stepping into this? I know you said just like the scope, the collaboration, but what surprised you the most?
1: I would say maybe the, the how broad it is um, it that ties into my last comment about you know so much expertise in so many different small little areas um, and the the ease uh, I would say would also surprised me it really is its interactions are simple um, and I was expecting them to be more complicated I was expecting bureaucracy um, and I haven't seen much of that which is really nice
0: what uh- What's next? Um, You know, I know we said expansion. Um, Is there anything else businesses can expect to see?
1: I think that as we grow and as our expertise becomes more well-known, hopefully we'll be able to leverage that more broadly for the state of Connecticut. So it's not just a matter of helping out this business here and this business here, but attracting Um, greater expertise in these areas to the state. Um, Again, when you look at our pillars and what the state offers, it makes sense. But if we can help, if what UConn has can help attract more businesses that are focused on sustainability, uh, that's a really good thing for us. If we can attract more businesses that focus on specialized materials that can then be used by the defense industry, that's a really good thing for Connecticut. If we can attract more businesses that are focused on cybersecurity or systems, the same thing becomes true, and we hopefully we'll be able to feed back into industry more industry support. Uh, that would be a great success.
0: So, really, the mission has has so many parts. Obviously, mm-hmm. first and foremost, for the students, um, which not only give them you know the experience of these real life problems, mm-hmm. but also gets them directly into the workforce. Yes, which builds right into the Connecticut businesses who uh, need that workforce and want to make sure that those UConn students are studying at UConn are going right to Connecticut businesses, <laughs> yes. um, you know, those businesses to help them, them grow and innovate, but then also for Connecticut as a whole to be able to attract new industry. Uh, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's a real big economic boom.
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah, I feel like we have a part to play in the growth of our state. And it's exciting to be living in Connecticut at this time.
0: Great. Well, we're excited to hear that. And I know so many (laughs) manufacturers are too. So if there is a manufacturer that's listening, what's the best way for them to, where should they start?
1: So there are a lot of different entry points to the university, um, but I'm willing to put my name out and say I'm happy to be a contact. Uh, And if I can pass an industry person to the right contact, whether it's you know, School of Engineering or Liberal Arts or wherever it might be within the, on the campus, I'm happy to do that. And I've got a team of people that are very much like me who are eager to send out different contacts to the, the right destination. So that's a great place to start. Um, but if there's already a contact that this individual has with the university, um, just referencing the Innovation Partnership Building um, will get them in connection to us.
0: Great. Well, we can hopefully get some more businesses connected with you, especially in the the coming weeks um, and as we highlight manufacturers uh, this month of October. Wonderful. And so kind of taking a step back, taking, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we like to close out by talking a little bit to um, just leaving listeners with um, some advice. Obviously, you've been in industry. um, You're now in this new role, you're working with students, professors, um, manufacturers. What are some of the things that you've learned as a leader?
1: I think probably one of the most valuable traits is curiosity. Um, And I think people see the results of curiosity, um, but looking for it specifically is is a very smart idea. So people who are curious, I think, will accomplish great things. Um, and you can learn so much, and there's so much to learn about, and whether it's with, one of them, I love my job. I get to see, talk to different businesses all the time. I'm so curious to just understand what they're doing, and I think that if they have curiosity, too, that they'll go really far. So I would say curiosity is probably underappreciated as one of the core values for success. All
0: right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to this week's BizCast. You can listen, like, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review and let us know if you have ideas for a future podcast. For more episodes, head on over to CBIA.com.